What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. I use the word tangible a lot in my business so that clients understand that this is something that they can touch, something that will live in their homes because oftentimes the focus on digitals doesn't really portray the value that we see in our digital products. For us, our digital products may be worth $1,000 or more, but to a client, they see it as an Instagram post. Well, why do I have to pay this much for an Instagram post? And in reality, you're paying to be able to reproduce this image over and over and over again. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am super excited to dive into today's conversation with Ambria Turner. Ambria is an award-winning maternity and motherhood portrait photographer based in the Washington, D.C. area. She's a mother of four children in multiple phases of life who dove into starting her business right after birthing her third child. She believes that artists can thrive in business and have happy clients without burning out. Ambria absolutely loves to spend her free time with her family traveling and experiencing new restaurants. So let's dive into our conversation and share like who you are and what you're super passionate about. So I am Bria and I am a mom of four. So I'm super passionate about motherhood. I love capturing motherhood and maternity portraits because I believe that this is like 
the beginning of our legacy. Mm. Being in such a patriarchal society that focuses on a man's last name and a man's, you know, lineage and legacy, I believe that it's so important to focus on women that are making yes. their own mark and creating their own families and how we contribute to legacy as a whole. So that's what I'm super passionate about. I love that. So you got started with photography with the birth of your third child. So how old is your little one now? So she is almost seven and I can't (gasps) believe it. Um, Her personality is just so big. And we recently had a daughter that graduated high school, but on our way to celebrate her for dinner, my daughter was talking about like what she wants her future husband to be like. And she was like, well, he's going to have to cook and he's going to have to cut the grass and he's going to have to buy me a car. And I was, her personality is so big right now. She is very into tumbling. So she flips all over the house. She's always trying to like make her body stand up against the wall or against the couch. And it's crazy. Um, When I think about the fact that she has never really seen me work a full-time job outside of my business, it blows my mind. Yeah. She's watching you be an entrepreneur. Yes. And like, isn't that so powerful? And build my own legacy and create my own schedule. And she's always like, mommy, do you have to work this weekend? Do you have to work today? Yeah. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's yes. You know, it's funny because I've never actually really thought about that because I have, I've been the sole income for our family for the past 12 years. And my son has never really seen his dad go to work. Like he works obviously for me and he works mm-hmm. like at home and he's like, he's, he does all the domestic stuff because to mm-hmm. be completely honest, I'm terrible at that. Right. That is not my, that is not my strength. So I get to go to work and do what I love. And <laughs> but he's never seen that. And he's just seen me like being right. an entrepreneur, self-employed. It's a beautiful <laughs> norm. Yeah. It's a beautiful norm because a lot of kids don't get to experience that. Yeah. Um, they don't get to experience their parents making their own schedules and being able to stay home when they're sick or be able to drop things at the drop yeah. of a dime when things go awry in the family. It, yeah. It's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. It's very powerful. It's funny because my husband, although he does work outside of the home and he works in like cybersecurity, sometimes he'll um, message me or email me and he says, we need some more funding so that we can, I can leave my job and work for Ambria Artistry. And I'm like, yeah, honey, eventually, <laughs> eventually, you yeah. know, there are so many artists and photographers that have been able to retire their, you know, their partners. And I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah, I think so too. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Power to us. I love it. So tell me how you like got your start and got into motherhood and maternity photography, because you've really made a niche there. Thank you. So I've actually always had a passion for photography. Um, When I was a little girl at my grandmother's house and at my own home, we always had photos everywhere. It was the norm for us to exchange photos with our, you know, our family, our aunts, uncles, have photos printed for our grandmother and consider them when we're ordering prints. But it actually really started about 14 years ago 
when I decided to pick up just a Nikon point and click camera yeah. <laughs> um, to document my child or my children. Um, at the time, my daughter was four and my son was a newborn. And I just wanted to take cool pictures of them and dabble in, you know, making them into black and white pictures. And of course, back yeah. then, sepia was a real thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Selective color. <laughs> been there. Oh, my gosh. So I had a lot of horrible pictures back then. <laughs> but in 2016, after having left my corporate job, my husband asked me, you know, what would it really take to get your photography off the ground? And that was the first time that I felt permission mm -hmm. to really dream about being a full-time photographer. Yeah. Although I had interned with a wedding photographer and studied television and film, that was really where it was like, okay, it's a fork in the road. I can find a different job or I can take this permission to figure it out, to you know, make my mistakes and learn on my feet. And so I did after I gave birth to our daughter, Emery, in August of 2016, October 6th, I shot my first model session for my business to create my portfolio. And from there, it's just been photography full time. I love it. I love it. So great. Well, your images are beautiful. And how important would you say is not only just creating incredible images, but also creating the amazing experience for your clients. Oh, the image and the experience go hand right. in hand. I actually, I have a long history of um, working in customer service and guest experience. Actually, after I finished completing my degree, I worked for Target as an executive team leader, and I was over everything that I guess could see in the stores. So I really got to hone in on guest experience, um, making things right for the guests and looking at the experience from the guest's perspective for the store. And so that translated very heavily into my business acumen yeah. for my company. And I wanted to create an experience that pulled down a lot of the boundaries and a lot of the obstacles that moms incur when they're wanting this experience. They yeah. want the photos. But they're like, man, that gown that I really like is like $500. To hire a makeup artist is another $250. And then I have to pay the photographer. And so my studio actually offers wardrobe as well as makeup artistry as a part of our client experience. And then we don't create a DIY project for our clients. Yeah. We actually go ahead and through the IPS process, we create wall art and heirlooms for our clients. I love the design process, but I know that that's not everybody's knack. So being able to create that for my clients is beyond any of my wildest dreams. I love that. Well, when I when I do research for my guests, I always like check out their in their websites and everything. And what I loved about your website was you are so clear about what you do, what you offer for your clients, and how that you're there to serve them and make it like this amazing luxury experience that's like completely taking care of them. And like the, how that was conveyed, I was like, you nailed that. You nailed it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's just been, again, six years in the making, um, understanding what their pain points are and trying to remove those obstacles for our clients. Yeah. I love that. So you are an IPS model 
And can you maybe share that you're, how you've made that decision that you wanted to serve your clients in that way, as well as maybe your process for it? Yes. So as I said, I started my business over six years ago when my daughter was a newborn and coming from a position where I had a salary that my family could really rely on to moving to being straight commission. It's so funny because I had this very spiritual moment when I was in between those opportunities and I sold um, life insurance for a little while. And I remember driving into the office and, you know, in my spirit, I heard God say, so you're going to go into this job that's straight commission, but you won't trust me to start your business. And I mean, talk about literally Mm. having your spiritual spot completely blown up. And so when I finally made that leap, it was really important for me to try and create as much stability and predictability with my pay as possible. So even though I started out trying to sell prints and products online, I realized how much Mm -hmm. of a pain that was for me. You know, letting a gallery expire and then the client reaching out to have it open back up. Yeah. Having clients be uncertain about what size was what and what was the difference between this product versus that product. Now, I think that platforms such as like PickTime do an amazing job with being able to showcase what products look like to gallery guests. But at that point in time, we're talking 2016 and it was not that way. So I quickly learned that Waiting for a client to order $100 online was not for me. (laughs) And I quickly moved into the IPS model, um, you know, learning about the profitability, being able to create the same product twice if you make a mistake, being able to service your clients in a way that helps them feel confident in the money that they're spending and um, making sure that they are documenting their legacy in a tangible way. Yeah. I use the word tangible a lot in my business so that clients understand that this is something they can touch, something that will live in their homes. Because oftentimes the focus on digitals doesn't really portray the value that we see in our digital products. For us, our digital products may be worth $1,000 or more. But to a client, they see it as an Instagram post. Well, why do I have to pay this much for an Instagram post? And in reality, you're paying to be able to reproduce this image over and over and over again. In our experience, most of the time, the clients are not even using it past social media. They're not printing it. They're not displaying it. And before you know it, they need another session. God forbid something happens and their social media account gets lost or hacked or something like that to where they can no longer access those memories. I've always told my clients, if that happens to be your experience, I don't want to be anywhere around for the people that don't have something tangible. I want all of my clients to have something tangible so that in case of the worst happening to your digital memories, you already have something tangible. Yeah. You got a plan B and you, like, and we've already pre-planned it. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because you know, what actually happened to me very recently is I had a client from 2011 contact me and she said her USB had gone corrupt. She had never backed up her newborn session files. Oh. 
And she was like so upset. She was like desperate. And because I am a file hoarder, I have never deleted a photo I've ever taken. So I was able to go find the files for her. And actually, because I'm pretty darn organized, I found it within like 10 minutes. Wow. But like, it really was like such a, a light bulb moment of like, wow, okay, but did she even ever print them? Right? Like, do you have copies of these? Right. And then I started thinking even more. I'm like, do I print photos? Mm-hmm. Does my son have photos of me with him that he'll be looking at when he's like 70, right. 80 years, years old showing yeah. his grandchildren? Right. Do I have that for him? And I can't say I do right now. Right. Right? It's definitely a confidence building moment when I can show my clients that I value this enough to print this and to share my personal albums with them. Yeah. I have my son Xander's newborn album at our studio. I have, you know, blog posts with my own wall art. Yeah. I have one of our family albums here in my office that I share with my clients in their consultations so that they know and understand that this is something I'm passionate about. Yeah. I love that. And that I believe in it for myself. So why wouldn't I believe in it for you? Yeah. I love that. And you know, what's interesting. What comes up for me is my hang up is that, oh, I'm like, my work wasn't good enough back then. So it's not good enough for an album, which is so silly. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, that's silly. (laughs) Right. That I would, I would put my own ego and my like lack of confidence on my early work. And I would take that away from my son having a memory. Yeah. That's terrible. I need to like, I'm going to fix that one. It's like a little therapy session for me, girl. (laughs) Right? (laughs) My goodness. Okay. I'll be changing that. (laughs) Yeah. I'll hold you to it. So please do. Right? email. Yeah. Lisa, did you make your albums yet? (laughs) Like, you need to send me a picture. (laughs) I need to see it. I need to see it. Seriously. And it's funny because I actually just found an amazing album company that I am obsessed with. I love, like, they have these, like, velvet covers. And, like, they are, like, buttery soft and, like, not super expensive. Yeah. It's actually, the company's called Wooden Banana for listeners out there. And, yeah, if you want to just check them out. I ordered some samples and they were beautiful. Wow. So, yeah. Going to take a note. Check it out. Like, almost like a crushed velvet cover. Yeah, it's just really, like, luxe and pretty. That's hilarious. I actually tell my clients, well, the primary thing that I offer to my clients is leather covers because I tell them that all of the other materials are not Cheeto-proof. Oh my gosh, good point. Kids love Cheetos. They love Doritos. They love the things that are sticky and can yes. transfer to different fabrics. And so I, I typically tell them leather only. Like That's brilliant. Any leather cover that you want but we're not going to do the other stuff. We want it to last for a long time. Smart. So smart. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about as a mother of four, I know you are super passionate about creating balance and ease and making sure you're not burning the candle at both ends. So can you maybe share your advice on creating and maintaining those business boundaries? Oh my gosh, absolutely. (laughs) So because most of my clients are becoming mothers for the first time, they're used to dropping their boundaries, dropping their ego and sacrificing a lot of their personal time in order to propel their career forward. For me, having been in business for over six years and having children from 18 down to four, 
it's more important for me to have balance on the family side. So typically my business hours are between 10 a.m. and I'm out of the studio by 2 p.m. to pick up kids from school. I'm the one that's usually in car line. And I usually try to set a schedule to where I'm working every other Saturday. I don't work Sundays at all. Those are strictly for my family. But I try to emphasize that people have to set their and create their own ideal schedule. If you set your ideal schedule, you're typically very happy with your work-life balance. I don't answer emails before 8 a.m., Um, If a client texts me before that time, I'm not responding. And so being able to have those boundaries that lets your client know, you know, you have 30 days to order your, you know, order from your session. Um, This is how my payment plans are structured. This is what my contract says. Those things actually make your client respect you more than being someone that says, oh, well, whatever you want. Well, what if you like? Sure, well, I can do that. Well, I don't typically work on Sundays, but I'll do it for you. I'll make an exception. And so when you make someone else the exception instead of the rule, you create chaos in your personal life. You create less predictability for your family and even for yourself. And so having an ideal schedule is just the beginning for me, but having actual policies in place for what happens in the event that a client doesn't make a payment on time, or if they want to get on your calendar, if you charge a session fee, that session fee needs to be paid prior to them going on your calendar, prior to you giving any creative input drawing up any type of concepts for them, reserving a wardrobe for them. And so being able to have healthy boundaries is so, so important because you will drive yourself crazy trying to figure out why someone doesn't want to work with you when it's really them that's the problem. Yeah. It's so true. You know, it happened to me. This this is actually probably within the last year. A client of mine um, was wanting to do something for a special occasion in her Mm -hmm. life. And had pitched me on what she wanted to do. And I actually wasn't taking clients at the time. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like an interesting idea. I might be interested. And then so I started sending her all these ideas about it. And then I had gone on, probably invested like maybe a good hour. Then she messaged me. She's like, actually, I'm going to go with someone else. Yeah. With all my ideas. And I was like. And it's personal (laughs) for us because it's our artistry, but it's business for them. Yeah. I literally had someone text me yesterday morning. She texted me seven something. So I didn't even see it until I got into my studio at 10. And I was just looking through my messages. I said, oh, she texted me. She says, yeah, I'm going to have to cancel my session. And in my mind, I was like, girl, we didn't have a session. You didn't. You yeah, you didn't pay your retainer. <laughs> your retainer. There was no session to be had. Yeah. And so I think that the more that we look at our businesses as an actual business structure because we don't own something from Target until we pay for it, that it creates less stress for us and more ease because our artistry is so personal to us. We want to make every session very personal to us, but it's not. It's business. It is. And it's such a lesson that I always have to keep relearning that like, I can't be just nice my way into success. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can be nice and successful, 
but I also have to have those boundaries. Yes. And it's like such a lesson that I always just bump up against. Yeah. They can coexist <laughs> and they can have balance. For example, I recently had a client earlier this month. Um, she had her viewing appointment and she had decided on a collection. She said, oh, we'll send me the invoice. The next day she had something catastrophic happen to her plumbing. And she said, well, I know you can't hold on to my photos and, and that breaks my heart. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm happy to do a payment plan for you yep. and we can start on this day and we can end it on this yep. day. If that works for you, she said, thank you so much. Yes. And that way it doesn't draw it out. And it's, you know, she understood the rules already. Yeah. She understood the boundaries already within my business. And so that made me feel like I was not being taken advantage of, but that I was yeah. actually in control of the situation to make an exception for them. Mm. Whereas the rest of my clients are already following those policies and procedures so that I can make one exception over here. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I love that. One thing that comes to mind is something that I've heard from a number of our IPS students is they run into the situation where it's like, you have everything ready. You've got the client there. You've got, they're starting to pick the package, but then it's like, I have to go talk to my husband. Mm. Right. And so how do you deal with that or just ease it? So it's, it's an easy process for you. So for me, when it comes to the actual IPS meeting, my clients know that all decision makers need to be present. Perfect. I think that that helps clients to understand that this is a decision that is going to be made. Payments will be made at the meeting and that this is that final step. You can also set boundaries that if they need more of your time or a second meeting, then there is a fee for that. And that allows for your client to say, we're going to plan to make payment and decisions at that meeting. That's what it's for. I have an amazing template that goes out to all of my clients the same day as their session that allows for them to set up their viewing and ordering appointment on my calendar. So it's on their time. I use Sprout Studio, so I just set it up on a three-week rolling basis. Mm -hmm. They can um, pick a date and time that aligns with my availability, but also outlines those policies. Yeah. And it gives some details about the types of products that they are purchasing as far as like the canvas, how long they last, uh, archival quality, UV sealed, and things like that so that they already have some knowledge coming into it that I don't have to necessarily um, explain to build that confidence. That confidence is already built throughout the process. Yeah. What I love and what I'm really hearing is you're so clear with your clients about the experience, what they're getting, what they pay, that there's no like surprise, like what? This package is going to cost us $3,000. Like there's no like big surprises, which is something that you quite often hear with IPSC sales. Right. And I think that's because you're so great at communicating with your clients on how things are going to go. Yes. And communication, being that a lot of my communication is automated for my clients, I'm able to deliver a consistent experience over and over again without overexerting myself. I find that as photographers, we often want to be so creative that we're reinventing and 
tailoring our messaging every single time to every client. But if you're talking to one client in your your target avatar, then that person is the person that you're attracting over and over. And so the messaging will be very clear to him or her that, oh, this is the experience. Well, that's the experience that I'm looking for. This is the day of my session. Oh, well, that's exactly what I was looking for. These are the products you offer. Well, that's exactly what I'm looking for. We don't have to continue to be chameleons and think that we have to morph into the ideal photographer for five different people. You already are the ideal photographer for probably 500 or 5,000 clients. But if you are not revealing your consistency and you're not speaking to them consistently, you're attracting probably a lot of problems. Yeah, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many nuggets in this interview. I really hope all our listeners have notebooks today. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about discovering your zone of genius. And what advice do you have for those that might not even know what it is or even how to start pruning things away to create a life and business where you actually get to be in it. Well, I love that. Zone of genius is something that I refer to even when it comes to my children and their talents, um, the Mm. things that they're interested in. And I'll use my son, for example, our 14-year-old, he started playing football, American football, when he was like six. And my husband had the opportunity to coach him for two years. They won a championship and everything. And of course, my husband beamed with pride. Yeah. My son could go a week without picking up a football if he had the opportunity. He also eventually picked up soccer, loved soccer, won a championship with that. But most recently, Um, In the past two years since we've lived in Virginia, my son has joined band and he plays his instrument and practices instrument daily without a saying, practice, you need to learn your music. And he's even been able to pivot from that instrument into picking up a secondary instrument within the same section. So he's a woodwind player. And I say this because if it's something that you would do without someone having to say, you know, you're really good at headshots. You're really good at senior portraits. Then that's probably your zone of genius. Same thing about for, you know, people that are night owls versus people that are early birds and really love to knock out their work and be done with it by the afternoon. Work in your time of genius when you are at your peak performance you know, I don't shoot a lot of evening sessions because it's not really my my zone of genius. By the evening, I want to be home, cooking dinner, putting people to bed and going to bed myself. So I'm typically not the person that burns the late night oil. Um, And I think that died with my four-year-old. He was a baby. My husband was deployed to Africa and he was gone for 11 months. So I had to hold the fort down with four kids, but our baby boy really wanted to be very close to me. He co-slept. So um, 9 p.m., he was like, okay, mom, we're we're going to bed. Let's go to bed. We're done. Day's over. I found that I could not get back up to do more work, no matter how pressing the deadline, no matter how, how much I desired to watch the video 
you know, go up yeah. this course, write the blog or deliver the gallery. I just couldn't. So I decided I'm going to operate within my zone of genius. I'm going to yeah. operate within the time that fits me. And I think the same thing is true for our 14 year old. Yeah. He is so passionate about music. It's the thing that he researches. He finds sheet music to play. He learns it, his music based on memory. And so for me, I actually started off as a lifestyle photographer, which I think is so cool. I still love documentary photography. It's just not my everyday. My everyday is girlfriend, we're going to get in here. We're going to get glam. We're going to dress you up. I'm going to pose you in the most fabulous ways. And we're going to create some dramatic, beautiful portraits. That's what pumps my blood. And so that's what I do every day. That's what I want to do every day. And, you know, I say, try the things, do all the things. And as you critique your own work or as you enter competitions to get that feedback of what areas of your work really seem to shine, embrace it and go after it. Learn that client, find out what makes them tick. What are their pain points? So that you can be fully immersed in that genre for yourself and you're going to build a profitable business and a great life. I love that. That's such great advice. It's funny because there's so many things I do not like to do and I have weeded them all out. And then I like, before we, we started filming, I was like, honestly, like I love my life so much. Like I just get to do what I want to do. So I get to be in my zone of genius daily. I love that for you. And And I really think that that speaks very highly to going after the things that you really love because anything that doesn't serve you should really be off your plate. I mean, there are so many people that are not fulfilled and you realize that life is so short that doing anything that doesn't fulfill you really should be the last thing on your list. Yeah, it's so true. I love that. So you do you only shoot in the studio? I was wondering about that. So it's funny. In the past two years, I can count on one hand how many times I've shot on location. Yeah. Most of my, you know, inquiries are for in-studio because that's what they see on my website. Yeah. Every once in a while, you know, maybe during the spring or during the fall, um, I do some work outside. But otherwise, I have control over all of the beautiful things. And (laughs) because I work with pregnant women. I, I don't want to take them out into extreme heat or extreme yeah. cold. I find that we don't have a lot of opportunity for reshoots. So if the weather is crazy and their hair is blowing everywhere and it's not the the look that they're really going for, we don't have much of an opportunity to improve that or to make it right. Yeah. So we want to get it right and nail it the first time. And that usually happens in studio. I'm not opposed. Now, yeah. if, a, if a client wants to take me to the Brooklyn Bridge or to the Bahamas or totally. the Tower, I'm okay. You're like, I'm game. I'll I'm shoot anywhere. Game. I'm game. <laughs> um, it's funny because last summer I actually had my own portraits taken in Santorini. Oh, lovely. The photos are amazing. The experience wasn't, you know, wasn't bad either. It's just that you realize, man, there are a lot of people. Now we have to get, (laughs) right? We have to wait for all of these people to get out of our way. Yeah. Wow, I'm changing in a tent. 
I have that same tent for my kids if I need to. But ultimately, it depends. Like, if you really, really want that scenery, go for it. If you want to be the focal point and it's not about the scenery, go in studio. Yeah, I love that. Well, it's so funny because you also hit it on the head. It's like we often forget what it feels like to be the client. Mm -hmm. And so doing that, you know, every few years, just to give that reminder of like, how does it feel to be the client is such a good experience, which is funny because I haven't done it since 2013. So I know. I know. I haven't had any photos since 2013. I'll just sit at my camera and I'm like, okay, family, let's go. So that's funny. (laughs) I actually, so we take photos pretty often. So our last family session was in August of last year. And then I did some glitter sessions for my little girl. And I always do photos for them for their birthdays. I just shot senior photos for my daughter. (laughs) But the funny thing is, for my daughter's graduation, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my brother, my sister, my mom, and my nephew were all here. And I told them, look, we have to take one photo. I promise I will be very, very fast. We'll be in and out in 10 minutes, and I do not care what you wear. So we did the self-timer thing and I have a photo, a current photo of everyone in my family that was taken, oh my gosh, probably June the 7th or 8th. But sometimes if you don't do it quick like that, then it just won't happen. It doesn't happen. Exactly. Last summer, because we we rent a lake with my husband's family every summer. And so I brought my camera out and I was like, okay, we're doing family photos. Like none of you, I know none of you have had your family photos done in like, since I did them like five years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing all your family photos. We're going to take 20 minutes. We're going to get them all done. And so we did that. And then I realized there's not a single photo of me. Yeah, that is that's the best and worst thing about being the photographer. It's like you don't always have to be camera ready. Um, you just have to have your camera. Yeah. But oftentimes you are not in the photo. And no. I am not a self-portrait master at all yeah. by any means. So being able to, you know, set the timer and get into the group and yeah. tell everybody, look, it's going to blink 10 times, you know, and whatever we have is what we have. Yeah. So... Yeah, doing things like that, I need to do more often. Yeah. But if we hadn't done it then, we would have not had the opportunity again. Right. Yeah, it's so true. I bought something recently because I love doing – that was my project this year is I'm doing self-portraits. And, yeah, I bought something called the Cam Ranger. And so what it does is it plugs into your camera, and then you can see and control your camera with your phone. And so you can see everything. So if you need like change exposure or focus point or anything, and then I just put like the timer on and like put my my phone down and it's like doing all my posing, right? It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it makes it so much easier than running back and forth. So try the cam ranger. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm actually still shooting on a DSLR and um, this year, (laughs) possibly I'm, probably going to upgrade to mirrorless my play camera is a mirrorless camera but my actual like business camera that I don't travel with that I know has to stay here is my DSLR I'm saying are you getting Nikon still yes yeah me too is it d5 I really want so I'm um a d600 right now but I really want this Z8. It's so yeah. Like, it's 
it has all the things that I feel like I want in my life, like the video. I want to grow in um, being able to capture video content for my clients, but also from just that pure, unadulterated, lighter camera, mirrorless, hack sharp (laughs) portraiture. That's what I'm looking for. I got the, um, what is it? The Z7 II a few years ago. And it took me like two years to actually pull it out of the box. And now it's now I'm using it as my play camera. So I, that is like, I will take that to go because D5 is my workhorse. And I really have my heart set on the Z9. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but I'm not shooting this year. So I'm like, okay, um, do I do it on the year I'm not shooting? Or do I just wait? <laughs> I say it depends on the tax write-offs you need. Right? I know. I was like, maybe I'll wait till next year. <laughs> don't, don't, um, don't say absolutely not this year. Say yeah. it's amazing. If I, in December, yeah. I need Yeah, Thanksgiving more. Day sales, right? <laughs> yeah. If I need something else to write off, buy an account. Yeah, totally. All right. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yes, I'm so ready. If you like to cook, what do you like to cook the most? Oh, if I if I cook, I'm probably making chicken Florentine. It is a dish that all of my family loves to eat. Um, so it's chicken that you can just saute in the skillet, a little spinach, a little mushrooms, um, alfredo sauce with some ravioli, and it's really good, and it tastes great as leftovers too. Yum. Okay, I think I'm going to make that for dinner. What's your favorite movie? Oh my gosh, my favorite movie. Oh, there's so many. I would probably say Aladdin. So I can recite oh. Aladdin from beginning to end. It was the movie that was on repeat when I was a kid and my children yeah. have embraced it so well that uh, it, it plays constantly in my house. That's cool. I love that. What did you want to be when you grew up as a kid? So I wanted to be a librarian. <laughs> Um, completely a shocker, but I love books. I tend to always spend time in the bookstore, grabbing magazines, grabbing new books to read. As a mom of four, I don't have a lot of time to sit down and read physical books. So I'm an audible girl, but I wanted to be a librarian. Nice. I love that. What's the go-to song that lifts you up when you're down? Oh my gosh. So my six-year-old makes me listen to Break My Soul in the mornings by Beyonce. And so, you know, we'll belt it out in the car. You won't break my soul. And that gets us going. I love that. I love that. Favorite guilty or not so guilty pleasure? Mm, Chocolate turtles. Mm, Oh gosh, turtles. Yum. Absolutely. Oceans or mountains and why? Can I have both? (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny because I'm from an area that is located in the Tennessee Valley. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. And so we have beautiful mountain ranges around us. I absolutely love the Phoenix and Scottsdale area because of the mountains. The Shenandoahs are not too, too far from where I live now, but I also absolutely love the ocean. There's nothing that brings more peace than like hearing the waves at night and the waves crashing in. It's definitely kind of one of our happy places. So both. Yeah, Yeah, both. I know, right? Me too. (laughs) What is something you've accomplished as an adult that your younger self would be proud of? Oh my gosh. So I would say becoming an entrepreneur and following my dream. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was always raised to be so practical and go to school, get a good job, and yeah. you'll be fine. My dad wanted me to be a lawyer, a doctor, yeah. or you know, any one of those high-powered professions. Yeah. But being that I've been able to follow my dream mm-hmm. and enjoy my artistry full time, I am I'm super proud of that. And I think my younger self would love that too. Totally. I love that. Where do you feel most centered and happy? Mm, at home, in my bed. <laughs> right? Like you know that feeling when you've just changed like your bedding and oh it's just God. like oh like the best feeling. And I'm a pajama girl. I love pajamas just to you know, my kids still love to cuddle. So yeah. every once in a while they'll they'll come and they'll jump in my bed with me and we'll cuddle and we might turn on a movie or we we'll just go into, you know, more deep chatter and those are some moments that I, I won't forget as far as like yeah. the things that they say and tickling their feet. And mm-hmm. uh, my four-year-old, now he tries to like pinch me under the sheets. So those are some times that I feel very centered, very at peace and just very like normal. Yeah. Happy. I love mm-hmm. that. If you had advice for a photographer who was just starting out, what would it be? My advice to them would be to zig when everyone else zags. Mm. And I say that because if you're looking at your peers that are just starting out, it's a race to the bottom. What no one realizes is that those photographers burn out within the first two years of um, starting their business. So go the other way, swim upstream. It may be harder. You may face a little bit more rejection, but you'll last longer. You'll outlast them, you know, work on your craft and price yourself within the realm of a professional photographer and not an amateur photographer because they will burn out. They won't be around when you're three, four years in business. Yeah, so true. So where can our listeners learn more about you? Well, I would love to connect with our listeners over on Instagram. That's where I spend the majority of my social presence. Um, I also have a budding YouTube channel. Um, Ambria Artistry is the handle on both of those. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more people on the conference circuit in 2023, 2024. Awesome. I love that. Well, I love to end my interviews just with this last question, and it is, what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about? I am artistically curious about video. Mm. I am artistically curious about video. Um, I think that I've dabbled, but I haven't perfected it, and I want the voice of my clients, the voice of their children, and the love that they can articulate in words to come across more in my artistry. And that's what I'm looking to explore this year. I love that. That's so great. Well, Ambria, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lisa. I have had an amazing time. (laughs) I love your work and I cannot wait to continue to work together and I see everybody over on the gram. Love. Oh, my beautiful friends. I hope you've loved this conversation just as much as I have. I am sending you so much of my light and my love today and every single day. 
We'll see you next time. Hey friend, you know what's the worst? It's just being mid-session and completely freezing. You start to feel awkward, your clients start looking at you for direction, and your brain feels like you just hit a wall. Now believe me, you are not alone. And that's why we created the Storytellers Toolkit. It's an emotive prompt guide to help sessions stay free-flowing and fun. And best of all, right now, it's totally free. It's full of prompts for parents, motherhood, family, siblings, and couples, and even surefire smile prompts. We've put together over 200 prompts for you, so you'll never be at loss for an idea again. Grab your copy at themilkyway.ca slash toolkit.